0: Let's uh, hit up the hotline and welcome in from Tulsa Bona Joint, TulsaBonaJoint.com, Dr. Chris Crane, joining us here on the Blitz 1170. Dr. Crane, how are you doing today?
1: I'm good. Are you staying in the air conditioning this week?
0: Yes, I am. Um, Our power didn't even flicker at home. I mean, stayed strong uh, the entire way through. We did have, you know, cosmetic damage to limbs and things like that in the yard. Uh, But everyone was good there. Now, the studio is a different story. Um, The station itself and out at the tower, that is all on generator. The studios here downtown are all on generator power right now. Um, So we're still fighting through it here. But uh, how about you guys? Did you make it through unscathed?
1: Yeah, at home, been been okay. The power blinked. I watched a lot of transformers blowing uh, in the distance out the windows. All the green flashes. But uh, we were fortunate. We have had uh, power and uh, been helping out a lot of friends and family that don't. So the tulsa and Joint campuses all had some degree of of power outage, and we're still working to get some of the locations, including Sand Springs, fully back uh, and operational. So. The urgent care is still good at the main campus. That's still there if anybody needs it. Um, But it has been an adventure week for sure.
0: It has indeed for so many that are out there. And, uh, again, if you need any type of direction, you can go to our website, theblitztulsa.com. There's a link there. Cooling stations, everyone that has power, everyone that has gas, uh, things are starting to come to back to normal just a bit, but for so many that are still out there are going through it right now. But again, you can go to theblitztulsa.com for all that information. All right, apologies for me because I got busy with soccer camp and I did not text this to you, but uh, we can walk through this on the radio. Uh, we had mentioned this yesterday briefly, and I know your history with the study of concussions because we've, we've talked about that here on the program. Uh, did you see, the New York Times had a story on it, that we have now, we have one of the largest studies, a study that was published Tuesday in the um, scientific journal Nature Communications, uh, a study on CTE and the chronic, um, uh, the the chronic uh, uh, traumatic. I, I'm not even going to try the other one, but everyone knows it is CTE, and related to the <laughs> number, and related to the number of head impacts that are absorbed, also how the impact of those over a football player's life adds to a certain degree of this. So if you haven't seen the numbers on it, there were a few things that I thought were interesting that we can go through here. Um, What we found out was that basically they compared what an average high school football players hit to the head in the amount of Gs that is equivalent to in this study. So we found out in the study that a fighter pilot during a roll is usually put through 10 Gs. A car crash at 30 miles per hour on average is 30. A boxer's punch through the head on average is 50. And the average concussion is around 80 Gs. Well, the average high school football player that takes a shot to the head it suffers from 27 Gs, according to this research that they found. And when you start adding these up, They went and added, Doc, the hits per season that specific positions take. Uh, Like, for instance, defensive line was the highest one. Uh, An average number of 782 hits per season if you play defensive line. Forces per hit was almost 26 Gs. So that means in a total force per season a defensive lineman could see somewhere in the range of over 20,000 G's throughout the course of an entire season. And how that plays into how we go into what the estimates are in this new study about the course of just an average high school football player's season. When you start seeing numbers like that, it really kind of alerts you to, one, the amount of contact that they're having, and two, the type of damage that you could also be subjecting the, the younger population to through head trauma. It's it's pretty shocking when you see numbers like that.
1: And then that's just per year. And so you extrapolate that out every time it's another year and they play another season and they take that same kind of similar hit profile. And as they get older and the kids get bigger, the kids you're playing against get bigger and the hits probably are not static from high school to college to upper level to play. And so, I mean, is it any wonder that we're starting to see pretty strong evidence that this, this leads to damage? This doesn't have no effect. It, it's definitely something we need to be paying attention to. And I think we might end up in a situation, speculatively, where we've got things like pitch counts for pitchers, and we know that that's a cumulative thing as well. And maybe we've got hit counts that we start thinking about for football players just to try to understand that there might be a need to limit. The number of times you're taking a hit this hard.
0: So, Doc, when did it, because it feels like um, when I was going back and just looking for a few things, it felt like like one of not the first, but there was a pretty big study that was published in 2012, I think, in the scientific journal Brain uh, that was kind of talking about the growing evidence of a link between head trauma and long term Uh, brain disease that was amplified in all these studies of athletes and military veterans and uh, those that absorbed repeated hits to the head. How much have we learned in in a span of over a decade from when that study, just that one example of a study came out in 2012 compared to where we're at now in 2023?
1: A lot of what we've done is try to understand the scope of the problem. I mean, this is something that it didn't used to even be on the blip of people's perception of this isn't an issue and if they're not having symptoms. I mean, what? how can you prove that, you know, what they have later in life is related to this and kind of working backwards from that? I mean, a lot of times the CTE, we have very limited ability to diagnose until after you pass away. And then they do the autopsy and they can see more extensively the damage that you've gone through And in terms of progressing the science, that's really hard because you've got a lot of people that you're worried about having to go through this, but you can't really truly understand the scope of the problem. And so what we're seeing is over decades of research and different methods that they're trying with imaging to get better ideas of of what the damage is to just trying to fully map out the scope of the problem. And the steady answer is more and more that this is a big problem. This is not something that was isolated incidents or just individuals with worse cases than others, that this is pretty broad. And so that study was a good one to really start to get attention nationally and to start to kind of enter the the public mind. This has been something that's been, again, decades of work to try to bring to the forefront
0: well i i think the interesting part to to me on this was basically breaking it down by position and what it shows you is is that of course a lot of us think automatically of quarterback uh but you know the way and the rules of the game now that the way that they have at least tried to protect the quarterback not saying that anything is is fail safe at all or or that is injury proof but uh the quarterback takes a significantly less amount of of repeated hits Uh, During the course of the season, if you were to add it up, uh, total hits per season on average for quarterbacks through just this study was 320 compared to defensive linemen at 782 and offensive linemen at 734. And those are not positions that get brought up in the everyday conversation when it comes to concussions or when it comes to even results of playing. After a long term, we only think of maybe of the skill level players, the running backs, the wide receivers that take these violent collisions, the cornerbacks. But it's the repeated blow in nature that you have every day of those linemen that that people should be more concerned about. And maybe something like this kind of at least points us in the right direction that that is the case.
1: Yeah, and I think the other one that gets a lot of attention more recently is special teams and just how high the energy of their hits as well. Uh, And that, again, it may not be that you have as much of an issue from the CTE standpoint from single major hits, but that maybe it's the repetition, the constant barrage of quote-unquote smaller hits that are going on in the routine practice and play environments in the linemen. I think this is something that is a big problem. I think this is something we are going to continue to look into and understand. Uh, not only for the health of the players, but just from the health of the the sport. I mean, you you can't, to some degree, you can't be completely happy with football in its current state causing this much damage to every one of its players. We've got to figure out how to protect the people that are playing this game.
0: So here's the scariest part. They went through and broke it down by year of high school, uh, one through four, then college, if you played four years of college, and then – by professional football and they stopped after let's see six years of professional football um let's just go with defensive lineman in high school and that if you play four years the increased risk of CTE compared to only playing youth football is almost four and a half times more likely to develop CTE if you play four years defensive lineman just in high school now let's go and say you are to play full four years in college as well, on top of your high school career, you're 16 times more likely to develop CTE if you're a defensive lineman. And if you were to make it into the pros and play defensive line and say you're six years in, you're 109 times more likely to develop CTE. I, I mean, that's another staggering figure. And that's just defensive line. We didn't even go through the quarterback or the, or the running back time to this. But defensive lineman by far was, was the most compromised group of position players that we saw in this study.
1: And this is people that aren't necessarily having a singular injury. This isn't saying that they had a major concussion or got knocked out. This isn't saying that they went to their doctor with symptoms. This is just in the routine course of play, what you should expect to be exposed to lead you to that much risk. Yeah. So that's not even counting for injuries that can happen in the game. I mean, it's just a staggering number. And I think that's what the – research is going to continue to show and as that problem starts to become blindingly ubiquitous, it's everywhere. It's every player. It's every position. It's going to start to be, how can we actually make a difference? And that's the part I don't have any kind of answer to, but I can't wait for us to start to figure that out.
0: And I don't know if anyone does right now, right? Everyone has a few ideas on how to go, but you know, as well as anyone that this is going to be met with incredible pushback, on what is Absolutely. what is now, I mean, people can call baseball all that you want, but football is the American pastime now, and it has been for, for quite some time. And th- this is the one sport, right, that is seemingly, uh, even at the NFL level, like uh, the Teflon Don, there, there's nothing that they, they can do wrong, but yet the numbers kind of prove that something has to change at some point, but the pushback is going to be at a level that we've probably never seen before.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're, you're definitely pointing to a major flaw in a sport that people don't necessarily want to to have changed. I think the big deal is going to come from advocating from the players and for the players and, and not just trying to focus as much on the, the organizations or anything like that. I mean, really, truly, the people who are being affected by this are the players. It's the rest of their life that's on the line here, and it's something that they – have got to work with everyone else on and we've got to work with them and just come to a place that's not so scary long-term. I mean, 109 times the risk just to play this sport is ridiculous. Yeah, I I refuse to believe we can't do better than that.
0: How does a player, by the way, that gets to a certain point and looks at it and, We've had a few players that have retired like super early. There was a linebacker from the 49ers that after his rookie season was like, you know what, I don't really want to do this with the type of injuries that I've had, and he was ridiculed, right, for one reason or another. Uh, That was several years ago. I think the the temperature has changed a bit, but uh, play.